Hey guys, it's Ed, and I'm coming to you live from Times Square in New York City. Much to Will's chagrin. Um, Will will be joining me later on in the show, as always, on Mondays, um, to talk impeachment, Trump, and everything else that's political. Um, And we're going to start today with some political talk of our own. So... Y'all know the Me Too movement was started when Ronan Farrow and a couple of other ladies wrote bombshell pieces about um, Harvey Weinstein and um, how he was sexually harassed and assault women, um, basically coercing them into having sex with him. Um, the women have already written a book called She Said and it's it's a bestseller um, people are loving it they're gobbling it up um, but Ronan Farrow is also writing a book that's about to be released called Catch and Kill and his book is said to be just off the chain. Um, what I'm hearing about his book is he is going to dive deep into um, not only the going on at NBC, uh, NBC News rather, um, and Matt Lauer's numerous affairs and uh, alleged sexual sexual assaults, but he's supposed to be talking about how NBC tried to kill the Harvey Weinstein story. I know that's gasp-worthy right there, right? And NBC execs at Rockefeller Center are on edge because they've already dealt with enough scandal um, with the Matt Lauer stuff. And they were really hoping to avoid any more um, any more negative press. Um, at this point, they're kind of hoping that Ronan just goes away. Um, <laughs> that sounds like a joke, but really, no. I think I think seriously, they just want him to go away. Um, they, um, they're, 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 they're scared. Um, but they're, I think they're even more frightened because if Ronan talks about how they um, tried to kill his Harvey Weinstein piece, um, it's going to give credence to Trump's fake news um, motto. And let's face it, in a way, it, it, it would be kind of Right, um, 
Not because I think Trump is actually right about fake news, and I don't believe that. Um, I don't believe that the stories that make it to air are purposely misleading. But, let's be honest here. You have probably the story of the decade. You have a story that leads to a movement that starts to change the culture. And you're not going to run it? Um, Ronan Farrow is expected to go into the reasons why NBC wouldn't run it. Um, namely, the, the chief among them is the Weinstein Company, uh, Harvey's production company, was a huge spender in, um, for ads. And they were afraid that that would dry up if, if they ran the story. And let's be real here, it could have. But it was still worth it. Be, to, because once that story broke and it went viral... There would have been plenty of other companies that would have been happy to step up. Um, look for heads to roll, honestly. Um, once Ronan starts doing press for his book, and he's known for doing a lot of press for his work. Um, so once he starts, definitely look for... Um, Look for heads to roll. Look for people to be fired. Um, I think there's going to be a major focus on um, the executive team at NBC News and who who knew what and when. Because that's just how it goes. Um, all right. We have a great show for you today. Stay tuned. I'm going to take a break and I'll be right back. And I'm back. All right, how to get away with murder fans. Let's talk. So, in case you don't know, um, Carla Souza, who plays Laurel, has reportedly exited the show as a series regular. She's expected to continue on in a recurring capacity. Though, um, uh, given that this is the final season... There's some talk about how much she actually will appear. Now, the there's another thing that's kind of um, bothersome about this. Why make it to the finish line and then exit? Um, TV Line and and other sources are are all saying no one's quite sure if this was her choice or. Um, if this was something that was forced upon her. Um, right now, everything is pointing towards um, forced upon her. Because again, why would you leave a series regular gig for the last season? Um, um, you know, it, it doesn't really make any sense. 
But fans started speculating that something was up back in May when her name was left off of the cast list. Um, at the time, it was chalked up to just a mistake, you know. Shit happens. Whatever, whatever. However, and you knew there was a however coming. Um, that doesn't seem to be the case. In fact, um, more than ever, it honestly appears as though, um, oh, not it appears. It's definitely, um, she's definitely exiting, but we're left with the question of why. Why is she leaving? Um, there's, there's a little bit of, um, confusion amongst people, um, who, and some are saying, hey, like, it's probably just a storyline, you know, her character is missing, and they're trying to add drama to it. The thing is, uh, Shondaland series are notoriously secretive, um... And they're very spoiler-phobic. So, in that context, I can kind of see where the fans are going with it. However, and you knew there was a however coming. Um, they have never purposely misled fans. Um, in terms of, you know, they they may say, oh, you know, this is... Look for a love story to pop up. Uh, Or, you know, something along those lines. But they've never announced that someone's not returning as a series regular. Um, You know what I'm saying. Like, it's, it's just not heard of. So... Um... Laurel, when we last seen her, at least appeared to have been kidnapped. Um, and some fans are saying, well, they're probably just playing out that storyline. Um, you know, who kidnapped her, why was she kidnapped, yada, yada, yada. Um, and that definitely could be, I, I can definitely see that. Um being something that they would want to explore. And her being um, one of the Keating Five, um, there are are more possibilities than one cares to imagine. Um, One of the most popular theories being that um, Laurel has turned state's evidence against the others and is now fleeing... Um, of course, there are also predictions and rumors that she may um, turn state's evidence. Or, I'm sorry, um, it may be her family. Maybe she just ran away because she wanted to. Um, but I'm really curious as to um, what happened. And 
if she'll ever speak out about her exit. Because again, you don't just leave a show like How to Get Away with Murder. Um, maybe it's not pulling in the great numbers like you hope, but it's an Emmy-winning show um, with big, bold-faced names attached to it. Um, it's going to look great on any resume, no matter what. Um, and it's going to live on it on Netflix um, for a very long time to come. So, like I said, I'm very curious as to um, what's happening and why it's happening. I guess we're going to find out. For right now, though, I'm going to take a break, and I'll be right back. And I'm back. And according to multiple sources, Dolly Parton has signed a new book deal with an indie book publisher. Um, Word is, she signed with Chronicle Books and Recorded Books um, for her newest tome. We don't know what it is yet. Um, We don't know if it's another memoir or um, a children's book or whatever it is. Um, But the deal has tongues wagging because Dolly Parton is a hot literary... um, a a very hot literary um, force... All of her books have gone on to become massive bestsellers. And um, a lot of people are curious as to why she would sign with an unknown, not an unknown, but a, a smaller pub instead of going with one of the big five. And the answer um, lies in what we've talked about before, the rights. Um, You all know I think Dolly is one of, if not the smartest businesswoman working today. Um, And there's a lot of money in audiobooks. This is not facetiousness or anything like that. People don't want to read. They want to be read too. And the audiobook market right now is red hot. So, when it comes to that, you definitely want to make sure you hold on to those rights or that you're getting a massive kickback for it, um, massive royalties and whatnot. Um, one of these days, I really want to, um, talk with Will about this, because y'all have heard his voice, you know he would be an excellent, um, excellent narrator. Um, and he's, again, Will is just brilliant when it comes to things, um, the business side of things. But, back to Dolly. Um, So, Dolly could have had multiple, um, at least eight-figure deals. And that's not an exaggeration. Um, You know, again, like I said, her 
Um, her memoir that she wrote in 1995 stayed on the bestseller list for like a year, I think. Um, her children's books are continuously um, popping up on bestseller lists all around. Um, so for her to command um, a $10 million advance would not be unheard of or unprecedented. Um, but she went, she has the, um, the resources to forego, um, the, the initial payout and, um, she has the ability to forego the initial, um, payout and let let her work pay off in the end. And let's be real here. She's probably going to make more money doing it this way than she would have any other way. Plus, she can, she gets to retain control over this project. So she already has someone in mind or has something in mind that she wants to do. It's going to be that much easier. Um... So, you know, this is, this is definitely one of those things where, um, I'm so glad that it happened because I was looking into it. Like, I knew the audiobook market was red hot. I keep on top of that sort of stuff. Um, Audible, Audible is actually creating their own content, like books that are exclusively audio, uh, just to keep up with the demand, um, from their members. Um, so I'm looking at, I'm wondering if Dolly's not going to take the audiobooks, um, the audiobook rights and go over to Audible with them or one of those other services. Um, and you know, just sell right there. Um, you know, because, it, you know, whatever advance she got for the print book, she's probably going to get another advance um, for that. And again, just watch the money roll in. I am so just right now with Dolly Parton. Um, I, it, it's really funny because when I read this story, I had just submitted um, a piece of work that was based on her song but we're going to talk about that in the next segment so right now i'm going to take a break quit talking your ear off and i'll be right back and i'm back um so in the last segment we were talking about dolly parton and how she um she sold her rights to an independent book publisher um, and so you all know that I've been trying to break into this new genre, um, and it, it's relatively new, um, still, it's called rock fiction. Um, for those of you who don't know, um, I think one of the most famous writers in this genre, um, is Brian Peone. Um, he runs fiction writing on, um, Facebook which has 
almost 100,000 members, I believe. Um, um, he runs Scout Media, and he... Every um, six months or so, um, Scout Media puts out um, an anthology. It, it's called the Of Words series. So it'll be different themes each time, like A Haunting of Words, uh, which was the first one I submitted to. A Journey of Words, things like that. Um, but all of his books are in the rock genre of um, the rock fiction genre. Um, so basically what you do is you listen to a song or an album or what, um, like a playlist of artists and you get inspired to write this, um, story. You write the story, um, you don't have to, unless you're using direct lyrics, you don't have to credit them. But it helps because, um, it helps because you can usually kind of lure some of the fans of the song or the artist over to read your work. So I wrote and submitted a piece called Jolene. Um, and it's, it, um, it's submitted to the Creative Cafe right now. I'm waiting to hear back whether they accept it or reject it. It's just a short story, like a thousand words. Um, it won... I originally submitted it for a contest. It won the contest. So it, it's quality work. I know it's quality. Um, but... More than that, um, more than just knowing it's quality... Um, I just want to, you know, I kind of want to have this published. That way I'm finally a rock fiction writer. Like, because I'll be getting paid for it. And that, you know, is always my ultimate goal. <laughs> uh, Alright, so. Um, let's talk a little bit more about rock fiction. And the marketing um, aspect of it all. Because you all know, I love the, I love the business side of writing. Um. People really think I'm strange. And I am. Um, but when it, honestly, when it comes to writing, like, obviously I love the creative part of it and whatnot. But watching and seeing, like, on Medium, they tell you, this article made this much money. You know, I love seeing my stats go up. I love seeing how much money each article is making me. And, whew, um, yes, yes, please. Um, I, I, I realize how facetious I sound, I really do. And I don't mean to sound that way, but, um, you know, that's just how it goes sometimes. Um, so, I'm using Jolene, instead of... Going the traditional route of woman um, begs temptress not to sleep with her husband. I went about it as if the affair happened. And the main character um, 
basically the two women in the story um the the narrator goes to try to get forgiveness and say goodbye to the man because he's he's dead and um along the way she apologizes to um the wife and the wife doesn't want anything to do with her I mean, then there's a big twist. Um, it's like two big twists in one. Um, I'm not going to spoil it, but basically it takes a whole different direction and um, becomes inspirational. And that's according to the judges, not according to me. Because I wouldn't even know. Um, I wouldn't have even realized it was inspirational if they hadn't told me. Um so thank you judges um but that's the sort of thing like rock writers that's what they have to do um they have to take the story and twist it just a little bit um and when you're marketing you say you know in interviews and and podcasts and blog whatever however you're marketing your book you say, oh, yeah, this was inspired by XYZ. Um, um, there was a movie out called Yesterday that was inspired by the Beatles music. Um, almost literally. Um, something happened, like, this dude, some, somehow the internet's wiped out and no one knows who the Beatles are and he steals the songs. I, I'm pretty sure that at least um, at least very tentatively that could be con- considered rock fiction. Um, and it was a big hit, actually. So, well, a big hit for an indie movie. Um, but you know, you you kind of see things like that, or um, I'm trying to think. There's there's so many other examples. Um, Drive me crazy. The Britney Spears song inspired the movie Drive Me Crazy. Um, I think we've talked about that before. Um, basically, when Britney recorded her debut, um, one of the guys, one of the screenwriters, heard it. And kind of fell in love with the song and wanted to craft something around it. So he ended up crafting this whole movie, um, which went on to become a big teen movie. And made just a ton of money for everyone involved. And it helped propel Drive Me Crazy up the charts. And that's a symbiotic relationship here. Um, Sometimes... The obviously it works well for the writers, especially if you're not a name writer. Um, it using the popularity of um the the music piece will help propel you upwards, and sometimes um 
your piece will help propel the music upwards. Um, that happened with Glee um, quite a few times, actually. Um, oh, I just had the song in my head. But it was one of those um, indie rock songs um, that Glee got permission to redo. And it propelled the, uh, um, propelled the song up the charts. And really helped that band um, break through. And I really wish I could remember what it is right now, but I'm not, my mind's blanking. Which means it's time for me to take a break. And when I come back, Will's going to be with me to talk impeachment. I'll be right back. And I'm back. And as promised, I have brought Will with me, even though he threatened to impeach me if I keep dragging him into this. Topical joke, but also not something I said. You always say you didn't say it. Because I never did. Please, like, I don't know why you insist on making up so many threats. Threats that I have made when you could just use any number of the things that I've actually <laughs> said, which, are, which have the benefit of being much funnier. Are they, though? Yes. I'm pretty sure you impeaching me is pretty funny. Hmm. Might have to if you didn't bring the shot glasses again this week. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, we've talked about this, man. You're the producer. You're supposed to bring the stuff. I was busy today. I, had I have to, to train in like 40 minutes to get here every day. You were how many blocks from your house? <laughs> That's enough of that. <laughs> your facts to have no place here. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, so I guess it's just like, uh, just like the White House administration. Facts have no place here. Welcome to, and with that note, welcome to uh, Politalk for September the 29th. Folks, it has been a, um, uh, well, let's get, we're going to jump right into it with the big story of this week, the one that everybody is talking about, the impeachment inquiry against President Donald Trump. You may recall last week, we talked a little bit about how it came to light that Trump had attempted to pressure the United Kingdom. Uh, no, not the United Kingdom. Ukraine. Kingdom. Ukraine, yeah. Sorry, they're both um, countries full of uh, droll Europeans that start with the UK, so you can forgive me for getting them mixed up. Anyway, Trump attempted to pressure the Ukraine into investigating his political rival, specifically Joe Biden's son, who um, I recall was exonerated by a previous investigation there. Um... Uh, the attempt to uh, with, withhold military aid to, to do so in order to get them to do so appears to have been the tipping point for House Democrats. As Nancy Pelosi announced earlier this week that she and the House would be opening up an impeachment inquiry against Trump. Now, let's get the record straight here at the start. An impeachment inquiry does not mean that they will ultimately file an impeachment. This is just an investigation, one that is apparently laser-focused on Trump's dealings with the Ukraine. They've, um, the House Intelligence Committee, led by Adam Schiff, uh, has, call, has finally found a way to allow the whistleblower who brought the call to the public's attention to testify without compromising his identity, his or her identity, which is a very good thing considering how Trump has, um, in the time since the whistleblower has filed their complaint, Trump has referred to them as almost a spy and said that in the old days, we would just take those people out and shoot them. 
Those are two direct quotes, by the way. Wow. He appears to be feeling the pressure. The release of the impeachment inquiry prompted the House, um, prompted Trump's administration to release a transcript. You can't hear, you can't hear the big scare quotes I just made. I made them. <laughs> they were really big, by a the tra- way. Yeah, a tran- transcript of the call that happened on, that happened on July 25th between um, our president and Ukraine's new president. I, I, I'm making the scare quotes because it's not a transcript. It's a memo. It contains a summary of a conversation and based on, with frequent use of ellipses and after major statements. And it can only account for about five minutes of what was apparently a 30-minute call. So unless, um, unless Donnie Boy... Was, was just sitting on the phone going like, uh, for 25 minutes or so. There's, um... I mean, it's, it, that's possible. Yeah. The somewhat shady uh, nature of this, of the memo, ties in with the whistleblower's complaint that, that, um, that administration officials were bluntly trying to cover up, uh, make sure the call didn't become public. And it's never, the, it's never the crime that brings you down. It's always the cover-up. Yep. In this case, uh, the cover-up only seems to have drawn attention to the fact that Trump's lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, not a federal official, a private citizen, was involved in this plot. Going to Ukraine to try and pressure the investigators and listened in on the call. He was one of the people who initially um, confirmed on air, as you recall I said last week, he confirmed on air that... Trump had called the Ukraine to get them to investigate Biden. So, nice job, Rudy. You've uh, you've really gone downhill from your after your fifteen minutes. <laughs> Just a really funny headline. I and I'm sure Will has seen this. Um, but as I was walking um, into our meeting, I saw Giuliani will only will only help the impeachment inquiry with Trump's okay. <laughs> <laughs> You can't make the satirists can't type, can't fucking type fast enough. They just can't. They can't. I, I wanted to get a job at the Onion, but then I realized I'd give myself carpal tunnel trying to keep up with everything that's happening. <laughs> In other news from this week, we had um, last week we had, after the climate strike um, that was uh, well, you all know it was all over the news. Worldwide climate strike, mainly by students, also by workers. Um, a number of individuals from the movement, chief among them, uh, or most famous among them, 16-year-old activist Greta Thunberg, spoke at the UN on the dangers of climate change. By now, um, Thunberg's speech was uh, pretty much in, in keeping with her by now famous angry tirades of like, please do your fucking jobs, government <laughs> officials. Stop you know, talking about how, how, how much hope we, the children, give you that we've had start and start fucking fixing this problem that you've created. She drew a lot of backlash from um, the fucking idiots on uh, Fox News, obviously. Dinesh D'Souza, who has, um, who has a nice ball of tar where his brain should be, claimed, and this is a, and this is a direct quote, um, Oh, you know, the Nazis used little Aryan girls with pigtails in their propaganda. Looks like the left hasn't learned anything since the days of Hitler. Looks like, oh. 
Because they forgot that Trump also used the little mm-hmm. kids in his campaign? Yeah. Or, well, Dinesh D'Souza has never cracked a history book in his life, which anybody who has ever listened to him talk or interacted with him or watched any of his god-awful films can tell you. Also in hot water were several of um, were several of the hosts who um, called her a mentally ill child who was being exploited by the global left and her parents. Thunberg has Asperger's syndrome and has been fairly open about this about this fact. Amazingly, Fox News was actually forced to issue an apology because of these because of this claim by their guests with, you know, it, it drew a lot of backlash, to put it bluntly. Other people who jumped on the, um, let, let's all dogpile on this 16-year-old girl with Asperger's. Um, Chief, um, well, the president did it. Donald Trump tweeted at the end of her speech. Um, she seems like a happy young girl looking forward to a bright and wonderful future. So nice to see. And uh, Thunberg changed her um, Twitter bio the next day to a bright and uh, happy girl looking forward to a bright and wonderful future. <laughs> she is so savage. <laughs> just, just, I want you all to pause for a moment and imagine this. Like, imagine you're the leader of the free world and you feel the need to get in a Twitter fight with a 16-year-old girl. And lose. Imagine, imagine losing that fight. <laughs> <laughs> Other news articles from the week. Um, the Trump administration uh, recently came to light that on the 17th of September, the Trump administration proposed new rules for the meatpacking industry. Namely, they don't have they can hire some inspectors from outside the FDA, outside the U.S. Uh, inspection service, and they no longer have a limit on how fast they can process food. So. Um, uh, I guess uh, I guess we're gonna, I guess um, Upton Sinclair's The Jungle just became fucking relevant again in the year of our Lord 2019. Uh, get also get get really well acquainted with your local butchers and uh, and or the halal guys. <laughs> Definitely. And uh, let's see anything anything else I'm missing here, Ed? Um, not that mm. I can. Uh, let's see. Apparently, it's, it's already started snowing out in Montana in the Rockies. God, I wish that were me. It's fucking 80... It was fucking 82 degrees today in fall in New York City. I am looking forward to the cooler weather. Yeah. You and me both. All right. I think that's actually about everything from us today. Would you like to do the honors? Yep. Cheers, everybody. I used quarters for that because somebody <laughs> forgot the shot classes. I'll see you all next week. Ed will be back, right back with you tomorrow on uh, Rosh Hashanah. So enjoy the holiday. Cheers. <laughs>